0: It is qualified small business stock, and it is the greatest thing to ever happen to the startup community. It is a huge federal giveaway. Let's be honest, it came in, well, that's one perspective, but let's call it an incentive. It is a huge incentive to the startup community, and every startup founder and investor should have this top of mind when you're seeking investment or even issuing stock.
1: Hello and welcome to Fireside with the VC. I'm back with my old friend and legendary lawyer, Roger Royce. He's with Haynes Boone, as you can see from his cool t-shirt. When I first met him, he was practically wearing a tie. These guys weren't all born cool. We just get more and more casual as we go along. But this is part of our legal series of talking to a real lawyer who does nothing but this stuff. And today I want to talk about the Qualified Small Business Stock Exemption, QSBS. If you don't know what it is, and you're a VC, angel investor, LP, or founder or advisor to startups, you really should know this. So that's what we're trying to do. We're going to explain it at a high level, and then there might be some nuances to get into. So, Roger, thank you so much for spending time with us on this topic.
0: Yeah, and, you know, COVID has changed the way all of us dress, I think. you know? Yeah. So- I look a lot more like my clients these days than I used to. I used to look more like an insurance salesman. I look like a startup company.
1: That's right. I mean, I pride myself on sharing every day. That's 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 the point we got to. You know, shaving is even optional. Well, so so QSBS, Roger. What tell us again? What does it stand for, and what
0: is it? It is Qualified Small Business Stock, and it is the greatest thing to ever happen to the startup community. It is a huge federal giveaway. Let's be honest, it came in well, that's one perspective. but let's call it an incentive. It is a huge incentive to the startup community, and every startup founder and investor should have this top of mind when you're seeking investment or even issuing stock for services or or property when you form a company. Okay. And so what are
1: what are the qualifying? Characteristics, you know, what it, it, the company that's raising money or the company that we are investing into, what makes it QSPS qualifying?
0: Yeah, so a couple of things. Number one, it has to be stock issued by a C corporation. S corporation doesn't work, LLC doesn't work. You know, we can possibly change or fix that down the road. But initially, when you when the investor or a stockholder gets that stock, it is being issued to them by a C corporation. Um, the significant thing is you can't buy the stock in a secondary from a founder and get the QSPS treatment. You have to acquire it from the corporation. Secondly, that corporation has to be in a qualified business. So, so to-
1: I guess that means it's probably preferred, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's that the company sold the shares. Do you and that go that money went into the treasury of the company?
0: Yeah. And keep in mind what what the what Congress is trying to do here. They want the investor money to go into the company to innovate and develop and, and
1: research. You create jobs. You know, a lot, a lot of politicians think that they were put there to create jobs. This is like one of the most obvious things they've ever done to create jobs, right? Incentivize yeah. investors to invest.
0: Sure. And the startup engine is a great job creator. So this has to go into the company for stock, and it can be from the founder. And it doesn't have to be cash. It could be services or property. It can't be other stock, though. So we have to be a little careful about that. Second thing is that issue incorporation has to be what we call a qualified small business, which is almost anything other than professional services. I could not incorporate my law business and issue stock and get this benefit That's not the qualified small business, but I don't think I've ever had a startup company fail that prong. It has to be an active trader business. Again, clearly it is. Uh, The business itself has to be worth less than $50 million at the time the stock is issued. That sometimes does become an issue because someone will have an option that they'll sit on too long and not exercise until the company has gone over that 50 million threshold and then but, the- but Roger, do I, I? I thought that that it's
1: fifty million. Uh, the balance sheet needs to be fifty million or less. So that's, the, that's right. I, I could be dumb enough to be investing at a four hundred million dollar pre-money valuation, which is the agreement of what percentage of the company do I get for this amount of dollars? But it's it's the dollar value of the financing round is immediately considered as part of the balance sheet. So if the company's right. raising 10, that you know, we just got to show that it's got under worth 40 million of smokestacks. And, yeah. and for a lot of software companies, you know, goodwill is the, the scariest thing, probably. Are we under 50?
0: Yeah, right. So so the it, it's it's a tax basis. So it's cash plus adjusted basis of property held by the corporation. So you are correct about that. But nevertheless, it's. Some, I have a lot of companies that go over that fifty million yeah. on their tax
1: balance. Sheet. Oh yeah, it, it was, You know, we've followed on to companies that we would never try or you know worry about QSBS. It's just property tech companies with optech, optech yeah. PropTech, tech, like the operating company and the property company that owns that stuff, and even lines of credit. You know, you don't bother. But but back to a law firm wouldn't qualify. The company needs to be somewhat of a product company, which is like 99% of what VCs invest in, but it it, it could like a law firm, a law firm set up as a C-corp would not qualify. Whereas a, a, a legal, a legal tech company trying to automate stuff and selling to law firms that would qualify.
0: That's right. That's right. Exactly. Okay. I, mean, I mean, not many law firms go out and get venture financing, so I'm not too worried about that one, <laughs>
1: uh, but and, uh, and- and the other moving part of course is how long you hold the stock this is not for day traders
0: that's right that's right we have to have a five-year holding period in order to get this benefit now if the stock is sold within that five years the proceeds can be and again can be rolled over into other qsbs stock but if you want to actually exit for cash and get the benefit of this uh, it's got to be a five-year holding period now what is the benefit of this? Why are we going to all this trouble? And the benefit is, is that the seller of that stock, it's a complete exemption from federal income tax, not California, if, you, if you're unlucky enough to be here, but a complete exemption, exemption from federal income tax for up to $10 million or 10 times their cost basis in that stock. So you think about that. That is a huge benefit, a huge benefit. Yeah, And that's, that's why we would do this.
1: So that's the punchline, that if you invest directly in a startup, or if you invest into a VC fund like ours and become a limited partner, and we, which we're a, a flow through LLC, so if we invest in that startup, hold the stock for five years in a day, it's QSBS qualifying under $50 million on the balance sheet, inclusive of the money we wire. We pay zero capital gains at the federal level on the first $10 million of gain or 10X your cost, which is what you paid for the stock. So if we if we invested $10 million, we would 10X that as 100. We, paid no, we would pay no capital gains tax or tax of any kind on the first 100 million of gain if we held it for five years in a day, or if we exited in under five years, you know, I call it tacking, you know, or you said rollover, same thing that If you had this, say, hundred million of gain, I've got, what is it, 90 days to find a new home for that? You've got 60. Okay, 60 days to deploy that capital into another QSPS. And so if I held it for, say, four years, I could drop it into something else and I only need to wait one year to have my five years in a day to be able to not pay tax on that.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay. Now, you said something else is interesting. And, you know, I moved no secret from Silicon Valley to Austin, Texas. And one of my motivations was uh, to not pay state tax on QSBS. My understanding is that California is the only state that says, and it's probably unconstitutional, but I don't want to be roommates with Wesley Snipes and, you know, have any arguments with, with the tax people. So, but there's New Jersey. So New Jersey, I understand, says this makes sense for job creation, and if you tack and roll over, and you're creating more jobs in a new company, you deserve it, but only if the jobs are in New Jersey. So I think New Jersey says if if like you got to have more than half the company, truly working out of the Garden State, to get the QSBS. I don't know. Do you know any different than
0: that? You know, California used to have that rule. Uh, you had to have 80% of your business in California in order to get the benefit. And you're right. There was a constitutional issue. We had all sorts of litigation. Uh, and to make a long story short, where we ended up with is, is our legislature just simply repealing the whole rule. So in California, you pay tax, whether you're doing business here or not. And yeah. I agree there are constitutional issues with that. It was a long, tortured history. It's kind of like that, you know, Congress gave us this rule and the Franchise Tax Board tried to take it away. And eventually, the legislature did. So... That just is what it is. I mean, if you're going to do business in California, you know, you're, you know, you're going to pay tax here. That's just a hard lesson that everybody just accepts. So I look at this as a federal rule and then a federal exemption, possibly a state, depending on where you happen to be sitting.
1: Yeah. But, you know, and maybe the hikes are worth it and I miss California, but, you know, I get back pretty frequently, but are we have more LPs from the state of California than any other single state in our fund. And I still make sure they all understand this because not paying the federal tax is still a huge win for, you know, a California resident LP or investing directly in these startups. Um, So there's another topic I think it's worth bringing up is a key thing is you got to start the clock ticking and survive five years, you know, whether you tacked or just stayed with that one company. And the truth is, Your power law investments as a venture capitalist that return the whole fund or return the whole fund and then some typically take five years and a day. So we're not, you know, we're not the day traders I wish we were. However, if we invested on a convertible note, what would Roger Royce say about when does the clock start ticking if I wire money to the startup on January 1st of this year and I signed a keep it simple convertible note?
0: yeah this is complicated stuff and this is one where you really do need the advice of of counsel uh, because the rules are are counterintuitive and um not something that you would expect so there's a rule that says that you can that you so typically here's the general the general rule is is your clock starts ticking once you have stock now we got Uh, the clock for capital gains period purposes and the clock for QSBS. And believe it or not, they can be different. And QSBS is a very tough rule. And the approach I always take is that if you're trying to get QSBS, you really have to have stock. Now, having said that, um, there are a lot of safes out there that have language in them that say, look, even though, and we all know what a safe is, right? A simple agreement for future equity It's I give you the money now and you give me the stock later. Typically these things are for tax purposes, what we call a prepaid forward contract, meaning you don't, have, you don't own that stock until that safe turns into stock. Now you'll notice out in the ether there are floating around online documents, safes, that have a clause in them that say, we intend that this be treated for stock for federal, all federal income tax purposes. And the reason they say that is they're going directly to this point. They wanna start your clock ticking because how does a safe usually work? You hang in there until you get a financing and then it converts to stock. And then you have- well, a safe
1: Or stock. actually they, they do 10 more safes, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a given.
0: That's like saying, and the next round will be the series A. Yeah, I, hope that's so. a good I hope so. I hope so. Good point. And you could have a safe at exit. Well, now what? You got all capital gains, plus it's short-term capital gains. So you don't even get the benefit of long-term rates unless we can shoehorn it into a definition of stock. So that's why that language is there. Uh, I would caution you that just because the language is there, just because we all agree it's not going to be taxable to the (laughs) investor doesn't mean that it is. The IRS might not agree. So Mm -hmm. um, I I can't point to any definitive IRS guidance on this. And because of that, uh, a lot of people are taking what I consider to be a fairly aggressive position that their safe uh, is stock and their holding period starts on the day they get the safe. Now, some safes actually could get there. Uh, but the typical safes that I see, they don't. I don't think they do, honestly. But still, it's not free from doubt, and you know you need to look at the facts. You need to look at the exact terms of the safe. You need to talk to a tax lawyer, and and your more, more importantly, your accountant, because somebody has to sign that return, and you might take that position. M- my advice is why brush up against that fine line let's just you know just convert that safe to stock as quickly as you can yeah Uh, because i don't honestly i you know the IRS, you know has just been empowered with additional funding to go out you know look for new money look for new tax revenues i kind of think this is going to be low-hanging fruit and so i would be really worried
1: i mean it it we're only a little more than five years into these things existing. The 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 pre-money safes and the post-money safes are more recent, um, so we have we don't have a lot of precedents. I think you know. You, I think you've heard me say this that you know I don't want to end up roommates with Wesley Snipes not paying my right. tax, and I also don't want to get caught with any kind of clawback, you know, like I exited and didn't pay my uh, federal capital gains or whatever. So yeah. you know, I think that I personally think there's reason to believe that a safe. Starts the clock ticking on the day you wired money, but um, I might keep that money in Microsoft stock, stock, as you know, marketable securities. I can liquidate in the event that I'm facing a clawback, you know, on it. Um, convertible notes, I think, you know, you 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 wire money as debt that will convert triggered by a bona fide financing that's well defined, and in today's culture, these companies often are getting bad advice and do more notes, and then they start doing safes, and you're not converting. I, like, I've been in deals for well more than five years that have never converted. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's actually an interest rate that will surprise that founder on liquidation. I've even called him and said, you know, we've got a 6% interest rate on what we invested many, many years ago. Um, you know, Unless this is a total blockbuster exit, you're going to notice that. And maybe you should convert everybody into actual stock. But I think the convertible note, I would think it's a really tough argument to say the clock starts ticking in advance of the loan converting into stock.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, keep in mind, and this is where you know there's a real vagary here in the law, because there's authority out there. That the holding period of a note taxed to the holding period of the stock that the note converts into for capital gains purposes, but nobody—I I don't think anyone believes we can get there um, for QSBS purposes. Um, yeah. Some people think you could get there for QSBS purposes with a safe, just because of the nature of the safe. There's no interest, you know. There's no fixed repayment. Date.
1: Right. There's no there's no maturity date repayment, like you said. Yeah.
0: But, but, I don't want to be the guy that tells you to do that without taking a very hard look at the terms of your safe and making sure you understand the risk, because that- yeah, that's
1: why I say, don't spend that money um <laughs> if you just keep it somewhere that you know that you can you can liquidate it. And what about from the perspective of founder? You know, you know, how do founders benefit from QSBS?
0: Well, the founder, well, a couple of ways. I mean, the most obvious way is a founder can qualify for QSBS treatment themselves. So provided that that stock is issued uh, by the corporation at original issuance, and we meet all the other requirements. You know, where founders get in trouble on this is there's just so many secondaries these days. And a secondary can really adversely affect uh, the ability of, of even other people to get QSBS treatment. So for example, if I'm a if, if, uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a founder and I have stock and I'm doing a financing, I want to take some money off the table. So I say, hey, Mr. Investor, how about you buy some stock for me? And we'll make it, you know, this common that converts to preferred or whatever. Well, that investor, if they're smart, they're not going to want to do that because that's not originally issued stock. They're not eating QSBS or buying it from a founder. So then they get the bright idea that, oh, I'll tell you what, we'll buy it from a company. Then the company will use that money and turn around and redeem the founder. So we get to the same place. Well, Congress is a step ahead of you on that. Uh, They figured that out. And that's not going to work either because now we've had this big redemption uh, uh, close enough in time, you know, within a year uh, of the issuance to the new investor where it disqualifies it. So that's where this stuff gets to be really tricky.
1: Yeah.
0: Have to be really careful about that because I see people make that mistake all the time.
1: Well, I think that the original purpose of these promissory notes that were convertible notes was it's a bridge to something imminent to happen. And then the safes were trying to remove their maturity date of it ever being redeemed, you know, and that you don't want to murder a company with some balloon payment 18 months later when a touristy investor demands it. So I thought that the safe was a, you know, a, a a good progression for humankind there but when you live through the very end of it on a lot of these you realize i'm better off on a convertible note than a safe but the qsbs stuff i think that if you can just do the equity get everyone to agree and convert people or not leave these things out too long qsbs is just yet another reason let's do a priced round now or god damn it let's convert everybody. Um, that's my view.
0: Yeah, when I'm on the investor side, that's where I end up. I mean, I'm on the company side. I want to do safes just to keep the cost down and make it simple. The investor side, I I'd like to get stock and get my you know get the QSBS period or capital gains period running on day one.
1: Well, you're a good lawyer not to be billing out while you're sleeping, Roger. So that's 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 good to know you're founder friendly when you're representing the founder. Well, listen, I think that's a wrap. Is there anything else we should, we should know about qualified small business doc today?
0: No, I think we've hit the high points. Um, you know, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's interesting. This benefit has stuck around and it's made it since Bill Clinton years and it's still there. And I think it's going to be there forever. You know, it's just, it seems to be immune from tax reform efforts and the politicians don't even attack it anymore.
1: Well, I think it's the the easiest way to trace. We're doing something to create jobs and the kind of jobs that we want. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why would you stymie that? And you got your payroll tax. We're all going to pay tax at some point. Um, I just think it's a great thing to accelerate innovation. And the more investors know about it, uh, even listening to this, the more that we're going to get the result we want, which is right. you know fund you know fund more of these jobs. Okay, my friend. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bye, thank you. Time.